Praise the Lord. If you would, turn to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 32. Jeremiah 2.32. Praise the Lord. It says, from the NIV, Does a young woman forget her jewelry? Does a bride forget her wedding gown? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Let me read it from another version here, a good news translation. Does a young woman forget her jewelry or bride her wedding dress, but my people have forgotten me for more days than can be counted? Oh, we. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless this word. Speak to us, Lord God. Change our hearts, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Imagine this. How many women are kind of protective of your jewelry? Okay, you have jewelry and it's like, man, you're getting ready to go out and how could you go out and forget your jewelry? How on your wedding day can you go and forget your gown? Think about it. It's like my wedding day. I'm going to wait for Eddie here. Okay, just making sure. (laughs) <laughs> Praise the Lord. Can you imagine a bride on her wedding day? She's got that gown. She's waited forever to wear. And he's saying, is it even possible for a bride to forget her dress that day? No, it's like a really important thing. And somehow he's comparing the forgetting of the dress or the forgetting of their valuable jewelry to forgetting about me, forgetting about God. And he's saying, but they've forgotten about me. And he's saying it's as amazing that they forgot about me as they forgot about all this stuff. And so he's, God is crying out. You know, it matters to God that we forget about him. It matters to God that uh, we can go a whole lifetime. Listen to me, everybody this morning, listen. I, I want to make sure there's no distractions this morning. It bothers God when we go a whole lifetime and forget totally about God. You say, well, wait a minute. I thought it was about me. I thought it was about God remembering me. And God says, I could never forget you. I could never forsake you. I put your name on the palm of my hand. I know you and I care about you. I love you. I know the hairs on your head. But he's saying, what about you forgetting about me a whole lifetime? Or days that can't even be counted, you don't even remember me. And as we go into this season, what is Thanksgiving? Last week I preached a sermon called um, From Bitter to Thankful. And I was talking about this man who was really bitter at first. He looked around and he saw the wicked, saw that they were all doing really well, and finally he came to the point, he said, well, why am I even trying to live for God? And then finally he began to look up and he began to get in the presence of God and God began to show the destiny of the wicked. And by the time the guy was done, he was so thankful and so full of compassion that God had blessed him so much and that he had a future and a destiny beyond anything that could be imagined. And he felt sorrow for those who were blessed on the earth but had no eternity. 
He felt sadness for them. They went from bitter to thankful. Well, this is another Thanksgiving message. I love Thanksgiving. I don't know if I've ever said it before, but Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of all of them. Because you can't mess it up. You don't have to spend a fortune on presents. All you have to do is fix a meal, eat a meal, relax, and sit around. And talk and enjoy each other. And be thankful for everything you have. And you know, the last thing is the hardest thing. The last thing is the most difficult thing. This is a period of time where we can, we're supposed to be thankful. We set aside one day to say be thankful, not just for what you have. A lot of people think it's just being thankful for what you have. But it's giving things. It's telling God that you matter. God, you care. God, I haven't forgot about you. God, you're an important part of my life. God, you've done things for my life and I recognize without you I would not have certain things in my life. My next breath I should be thankful that God has given it to me. And it's a giving of thanks to God and sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget God. How many know that our memories are terrible sometimes? Sometimes we can forget some of the most important things. I've seen a list of things that we most commonly forget. Number one on the list was what? Talked about it earlier, names. 83% of people say they have a hard time remembering names. 60% of people, this is good company here, so I feel pretty good, constantly forget where things are. 57% forget people's numbers, which is tough because I have most of mine saved. 53% of the people say they have trouble remembering words. What was that word I was thinking? I can't, what? I mean, have trouble remembering words. Some people have trouble remembering what was said. Teenagers say amen. Some people have trouble remembering faces. If you can't remember whether you just did something or you didn't do something, you're 38% of the population. I may have ever done that. Did I do that or did I not? I don't remember doing it. But we have troubles with our memories. And God is telling them in Jeremiah... Jeremiah is a book where this nation is on the brink of being destroyed. They're at the end of their nation. This nation had totally forgotten about God. They totally abandoned their faith in God. They totally abandoned their trust in God. They, how many know that some people can go a lifetime and not one time be thankful to God for anything? Sometimes we can go a whole year And never does it pop into our mind to be thankful to God. Sometimes we can go every Sunday. And some people never go into a church and ever raise their hands or praise God or thank God for what they have. And you know, everything that we have, we should be thankful for God. But it's we go so long and forget. And this nation, when they first started... 
Deuteronomy is a book in the Bible where it's the fifth book of the books of Moses. And in the fifth book, Moses is about to die. He's been their leader uh, for their whole existence as they came out of Egypt. He's about to die, and this book of Deuteronomy is the messages that he brought to the nation right before he died. Several addresses to the nation, and the book is actually called by a lot of people the book of remembrance. And he's just constantly telling them, don't forget. Please don't forget. Don't forget when you come into the land. He said, here's what's going to happen. You're going to come into the land. You're going to be really blessed. And when you get really, really blessed, he said, first of all, when you go through something, don't forget about him. Remember all the good things he's done for you and how he's carried you through. Because he is going to, he's going to discipline you like he would his best son. That's what he says in Deuteronomy. You're going to go through some things. You're going to be hungry for a while, he said. But then I'm going to feed you. And you need to remember that I did that because I loved you and you needed to grow in your trust to God. So you're going to go through a lot of things and you're going to have to remember me and love me and not forget me. He said, but then what's going to happen is after I've disciplined you and made you the kind of person you need to be, he said, this is going to be the hardest thing. You're going to be blessed. In fact, let me read his words here. Deuteronomy 8.12, Moses, as he's about to die, says, You will eat, this is verse 12 of chapter 8, You will eat and be satisfied. You will build fine houses and settle down. You'll have herds and flocks, they will grow large. Your silver and your gold will increase and it will multiply. Then your heart will become proud and you will forget me, says the Lord God the one who brought you out of Egypt, out of slavery. You see the Thanksgiving meal all across the table? They're being blessed of God and you're sitting in your house. How many ever sit in your house and you say, man, I'm more blessed than I probably should be? There are people all around the world and here I am with this, this house, this whole layout at Thanksgiving, all this food, and he said, that's when it's going to happen. That's when you're going to forget me. He said, when your table is full of food and you're in a fine house, and he said, you're going to forget all about me. That's sad. And so Moses warned them that that would happen. Now Hosea, this prophet came along when they were at their height. This is their golden age. This is They had acquired more land as a nation, Israel did, And any other time in their history, they were really well off. This is the period of time that Moses prophesied about. And in Hosea 13.6, God said, When I fed you and you were satisfied, when you were satisfied, you became proud and you forgot me. He fulfilled Moses' prophecy that there would come a day when they were well off and they would forget about God. Now, Jeremiah is in their final days when they're not the superpower. When they're beginning to wane and there's a Babylonian army about to wipe them out. And Jeremiah says, how does a bride forget her dress? How does a woman forget her jewelry? But my people have forgotten me for days without number. And God's saying, be careful, this nation 
is so much like our nation. How many know that? How many know that we can go Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving after Thanksgiving and still live our lives like there's not even a God in heaven? Like there's not even a God who's blessed us. We can come into church and we never recognize all the wonderful things He's given us. We can come into the house of God and we can be bitter and we can be angry at God. We can say, God, you've, you've never been good to me. And we sit down at our Thanksgiving table and we've forgotten God without number and sometimes we don't even bless the food. We don't even sit there at Thanksgiving and say that there is a God in heaven and He's blessed us with this food. Thank you, God. And man, there's a danger in our memories. There's a danger in forgetting. How many know that? We're so prone to forget names. We're so prone to forget numbers. There's so many things that cause our memory loss. In fact, I started thinking, I thought, man, at first when I started studying this, I started thinking about uh, attention deficit disorder. And I started to name this title that. In fact, my title, by the way, is Don't Forget Me. Don't Forget Me. But attention deficit disorder is a little part of memory loss. It's like you forget to focus. It's like how many think spiritually we have some of that? I mean, we try to focus on God, but we get sidetracked with a million other things. These kids try to get in school and they're so used to the video game world. They're so used to the fast-paced video game world and they put them in front of books in the school and they're like, man, I cannot concentrate on this. And their minds are ready to think quick and move to the next thing. And they're like, no, you got to stay here and study. And sometimes what's happening in the physical is also happening in the spiritual. What did I just do? I mean, no, sometimes the best thing for that kid to do, the healthiest thing for that kid to do, the thing that he really needs is to get an education. But because of his attention deficit disorder... He can't focus on what's good for him. Some of you are way ahead of me. Spiritually, we forget God because there's too many things to do. Too many other things to focus on. Too many other things that my mind moves to and somehow we just keep forgetting about God. And so the things that God wants us to focus on, like building a relationship with God, we can't because our mind has moved on. Tension deficit disorder. There's a lot of other things that cause our memory. How many think just being busy? If you're really busy, have you ever heard the phrase, haste makes waste? So you forget a hundred things because you're always too much in a hurry. So you're running around trying to get everything done and you forget some of the most important things like, I'm in such a hurry, I left the front door wide open and unlocked. I'm in such a hurry that I locked my keys in my car. Not saying that anybody's done that. Or I'm in such a hurry that I left my cell phone at home on a Saturday when workers are going to be here at 8 a.m. and might have questions for me. Oh, I mean, for this person. Praise the Lord. (laughs) 
this is what happens. Sometimes we forget, this is spiritual, we forget because our life is so fast-paced. And we can forget about God for week after week after, how many have done this? Week after week after week. Forgotten God because we're too busy. And God said, man, set aside that day of rest. Grow in the things of the Lord. And sometimes we forget. And this nation, in fact, I have a uh, Thanksgiving proclamation from President Washington. Have I ever heard of him? George Washington says, By the President of the United States of America, a proclamation, it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. We should obey His will and be grateful for His benefits and humbly implore His protection and favor. Both houses of Congress and the Joint Committee requested me to recommend the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the favors of Almighty God, especially affording us an opportunity to peaceably establish a form of government for safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend the sign Thursday, the 26th of November, be devoted by the people of the states in service of a great and glorious being, the benefit, the beneficent author of all that is good, that is or will be, that we may all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of our country previous to the becoming of a nation, for his manifold mercies, for his favorable interpositions of his providence, which are experienced in the course and conclusion of a late war. And he goes on and on about how God has hand on this nation and God has blessed us. Everything that we're receiving is because of the hand of God and we should give thanks to God. How many think that a nation can forget God? Israel was warned by Moses to never forget to give thanks to God. By the time they were blessed and at their golden age, they fulfilled his prophecy to forget God. By the time Jeremiah spoke, God was completely out of their lives. They wanted nothing to do with God and he said, you've forgotten me. Days without number. Now comes along the New Testament. Turn to Second Peter chapter 1. In the New Testament, the Old Testament, how many know that God did everything through the nation Israel? Blessing, His grace, His purpose, His promises. But in the New Testament, we enter this nation through the new covenant as individuals. How many know that? Individuals receive His blessing. Individuals receive His promises. Individuals receive His covenant. It's not the nation anymore. It's individuals. So now here we stand. We're, we have a life that we can be thankful. It's not a nation anymore. There's no excuse to say, well, my nation didn't do this. My nation didn't do that. God says, what are you doing? You say, yeah, our nation should be like it used to be. I wish our nation was like it once was, but God's asking you, where are you at? God's asking you if you ever get to the point where you're so proud that you can't come into the house of God and thank Him for all the things He's done in your life, shame on you. 
And he's saying never get to the point like that nation did and like our nation is where they can't thank Almighty God for what he's done in all of our lives. And Peter comes along and Peter, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, I want you to see something that's very interesting here. Peter says, I will always remind you of these things. Even though you know them and you're firmly established in the truth that you have. These people, Peter was trying to remind them about all these things that God has blessed them with. How many know that you're established in these things? This is a body of people that are established in the grace of God, the love of God, His salvation, His blessings, His future, everything that God promises to this church We're firmly established in it. But Peter says his ministry is to remind you. My ministry every week is to remind you, why would God give me that ministry? Why would he give Peter that ministry? Why would he call this church to constantly be reminding people? We forget. And if we are allowed to forget, if we don't have somebody standing up, how many are excited that somebody is always standing up reminding me? Remind me again. Tell me again how much he loves me. Tell me again how much he gave for me. Tell me again about how he died for me. Tell me again about how he wants me to treat other people. How many know that I have to be reminded? In church, if we ever get to the point where we're not reminded We're going to die inside. We're going to forget. We're going to go days without number, without God, unless God puts us in a place where we're constantly reminded. And Peter said, I will always remind you of these things, even though you're firmly established in the truth. Isn't that amazing? Even though you know these things, I have to keep reminding you. And he goes on and he says, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of my body. As long as I live, it's good for me to constantly refresh your memory. Or some of your versions say, stir it up. How many know that we have to have a built-in system where we're constantly reminded? Or we'll forget all about how good God is. We'll forget all about how good God has been to us. How many know that? We will forget how good God has been to us, and we'll sit at Thanksgiving, and we'll look at that big meal, and we'll do just like they did, and we'll sit at that big meal, and we'll be satisfied, and we'll become proud. And we'll say like they did, I did all this myself. Look at all the food on my table. Look at this wonderful house that I have built. Look at this! all these wonderful things that I've done. Look at all these handcrafted items that are in my house. And we'll become the most proud, arrogant human beings that ever walked on the face of this earth. But we'll be Christians. He's talking to Christians. This isn't even talking about the world who really doesn't have any desire to thank Him anyway. Right? This is the Christians we've got to be careful not to forget. And He said... I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of my body because I know that as soon as I put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, he's talking about Jesus had prophesied to him in John 15, I think, that this is how you're going to die, Peter. Peter would die 
crucified like his master. And he would tell the people, he said, no, I don't want to be crucified like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. Deserve to die like he did. And that was right after his wife was crucified in front of him. He's saying, I know that I'm going to die by martyrdom. But until I leave my body, I'm going to spend my time refreshing your memory as long as I live in the tent of my body. Because I know that as soon as I put my body aside and the Lord Jesus has made clear to me, I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Do you see that he has a ministry of reminding Constantly reminding, constantly reminding. And I know I've got a lot of scriptures here to read. But let me give you a few areas that I think are really critical that we cannot forget the Lord. How many want to remember the Lord Thanksgiving? I want to really be thankful. I don't want to eat a big meal and be proud. I want to eat a big meal and be humble. I want to eat a big meal and say, God, why have you blessed me so much, Lord? Lord, you're so good, you're so wonderful. It's deserving to bless you on this day. It's a deserving thing for me to give my life to serve you because of all that you've done for me. One of the things that we forget is how good God has been to us. I kind of covered that. Another thing we forget is His words. How many think that we forget His words sometimes? Psalm 119, 176 says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant out, Lord, so I may not forget your commandments. How many of you know that sometimes we forget his word? Let me ask you something. If your husband or your wife said, I love you on the day you got married, and then decided never to say it again because you already know for the rest of your marriage, how many know you may forget that they love you? If you forget to tell your kids that you care about them or you love them and they never tell them again for the rest of their life, how many think it's possible that they'll forget that you love them? And so what God constantly says, especially Psalms 119, where it's all about His Word, He constantly says, don't forget my words. Don't forget my commands. Don't forget the things that I want for your life. How many of you know if you start living a lie and you don't have any input from the Word of God, you're going to forget how God feels about you. You're going to forget. You're going to to become a person. In fact, I wrote down here, forgetting leads to unbelief and unbelief leads to rebellion. So if God's telling me that's not healthy for your life, Chad, I love you, and I go on and do that, and my life becomes really messed up because I'm not listening to His Word, what's that going to do to my spirit? I'm going to begin to say, God, you're not a good God. God, you're not a God who blesses. God, you're not a God who does well. And what it was was I just forgot to ever listen to God's advice. I wouldn't read His Word. I wouldn't apply it to my life. I wouldn't listen to the words when I'm going through a hard time and God can't speak through His Word and say, Chad, I know you're going through a hard time, but I love you. 
Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil, Chad. If I didn't have the word of God in my life, man, I would be so bitter. I would be so unthankful. I would be uh, so proud probably. But God doesn't want us to forget the blessings that he's put on our life. And God doesn't want us to forget the word of God. He wants that word of God. He wants us, I mean, he wants us to mature in the word of God. You say, well, I already know it well enough. Well, this sermon isn't for you. This is for the ones who are growing in their relationship with God. I've been studying the Bible. Man, I I don't even know how many hours I've spent in the last 25 years. And I feel like I barely know the Word of God. I feel like I've taken an introductory course and I need to go really deeper. Because every time I open it, the manifold love of God flows over me. The grace of God flows over me. The mercy of God. I begin to know who He is. Another forgetting God is, you know, God wants us to have a prayer life. You know, God wants to begin, God wants us to be in his presence. God wants us to take the time to know him personally. He says, my sheep know me because they hear my voice. And you know, God wants us to not forget. In fact, I'm going to tell you something. I'm just going to speak from the heart. I'm going to shut this. God has put in my spirit in this church to strengthen pillars. To make sure that there's a built-in system. Say system, that don't sound godly. God wants us to have built-in things so we don't forget. You say, well, I don't do that in real life. Well, really, why are you always setting alarms for Why do you always have appointment alarms and notifications and all that? God wants us to do things in our walk. God wants the church to have a ministry of reminding. You say, well, why? What what is this church thing all about? God wants us to be reminding people constantly because if we don't, we will forget. You say, no, I learned it once. I've got it down. Peter's just telling you there. He's about to die, but until his last breath, he's going to spend his life trying to remind people. And what God's going to do in this church is, we're laying foundations right now. Forget the physical. Forget the building in this building. We're laying foundations so this church can begin to study the Word of God systematically. So the church can begin to study the Word of God together. So we can begin to move through the Bible united. So we can begin to pour out what does this Bible mean? What's it speaking to my life? And what we're trying to do is build a system where you won't forget His Word. We want to study the Bible like we've never studied it. We want to break it down for the young. We want to break it down for the old. The days of you going through your walk and not knowing the Word of God should be done. You've gone long enough not knowing the Word of God. You say, well, I know it well. Well, let me ask you a few questions about it and see how well you really know it. Because the days of us surviving in the last days, not knowing the Word of God, isn't going to fly anymore. And God wants this church to get down to the business of making sure the youngest to the oldest know the Word of God and they know their God. God doesn't want us to forget Him days without number. He wants us to be growing in our understanding of Him. He wants us growing in our understanding of the Word of God. He doesn't want us getting worse.
and forgetting Him days without number. God wants us to be growing in our prayer life. We're laying foundations in this church to build a pillar for this church, not physical. A pillar spiritually where your prayer life is better than it's ever been. Where we challenge you to remember every day in prayer because that is the lifeline of you. It's the lifeline of your family. It's the lifeline of this community. It's the lifeline of this world. And if for some reason we forget to pray for days without number, woe is this church. Your life, you say, well, I can skate along. We've got prayer people. No. The Bible wants us to begin to grow in our prayer life where we love prayer. The next thing, God wants to, us to grow in communion. You say, oh, yeah, I'm good at that. Drink the juice and eat the bread. Communion is the bread of His presence. When they broke the bread, they could see Jesus. He appeared. He was like, we don't even know who he is. And they broke the bread. I said, it's Jesus. God wants this church to begin to know the voice of God. You said, God speaks to people. He does. He said, my people know his voice. And the days of us not hearing God's voice in this church have to be done with. You said, well, we've got people in the church that hear from the Lord. We've all got to hear from the Lord. And not for show. The days of people standing up and trumpeting, I'm a prophet. It's not what God wants. God wants people that hear from the Lord for the benefit of your life and the benefit of the life of the people you love. The fourth area, God's calling us to build foundations of fellowship. The one another's, the ability to care for people around us. You say, they've forgotten God without number. He says here in the scripture I'm reading from Peter, Right before he says he's reminding, he said, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of the Lord. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, and they have forgotten that God has cleansed them from their sins. How many know that? Sometimes we can forget how bad we used to be. Sometimes we can forget what it was like to be living in sins with no hope, and God says, you will draw closer to the Lord and you will increase in your knowledge of the Lord if you remember where you came from. You remember what I delivered you from. And some people forget about the lost. Some people forget about the poor. How many think that you can sit around a Thanksgiving table and it can be all about you? And sometimes we can sit around there and we forget about those who are in need. And God... Is saying this morning as the worship team comes up here is don't you dare forget about me in your life. How many have ever done this? Let me ask you a question. How many have ever forgot about God for days without number? I've done it. I'm just being honest. Come on, be honest with me. Let's be honest in the house of God. How many have ever went days that it couldn't be numbered where I forgot about God? And what God's calling us to do today is let's worship Him. Hey, Something God was telling me this morning. Some of you look around and you say, man, I could never be one of those people. Stand on your feet this morning if you don't mind. Some of you have said to yourself, now listen real carefully here. 
Our job in this church is to get you out of a life of darkness into light. How many know that's true? A life of sin to a life of serving. Now some people in this church, everybody listen, some people in this church said, I wish I could be one of those people that worship God. I wish I could be one of those people that raise my hands. I wish I was one of those people who could go from where I'm at to where I need to be. And God's telling you today, I can help you do that. I can help you do that. You say, well, what do I need to do? There was a time I would walk into the house of God and I couldn't raise my hands. I had been proud my whole life. I had been a tough guy my whole life. I thought I was a real brawler. But I was a really tough guy. And I walked in the house of God and I said to myself, I could never raise my hands because I've never done this before. And everybody's going to laugh. And they're going to look at me and they say, you can't do that, Chad. You can't do that, Chad. And I'm here to tell you today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do it. You say, man, I want to see somebody healed from... I want to see somebody healed. I want to see somebody walk that's in a wheelchair. You know the greatest miracle in the house of God? You walk into this house, you say a prayer, you ask forgiveness, and you say, Lord, your life is mine, my life is yours, I'm going to live for you, today is the day, I'm going to ask forgiveness, and now I want to live for you, and here's what's going to happen. You say that prayer, and you mean that prayer, forgive me. He said, if you will ask, you will confess your sins, I'm faithful enough, I'm, I'm faithful and just to forgive your sins. When you ask forgiveness, he'll forgive your sins, and guess what? We're going to open our eyes, and for the first time, you pray that prayer, you can raise those hands. You can raise them. How many can believe that for me today? Somebody that's never raised their hands, we're going to help them today. We're going to help them begin to worship the Lord, so nobody's going to look around. Lights are going to be turned down. I'm going to pray a prayer, and it's time. You've went your whole life, and you've never, never in your life, ever... You've forgotten God your whole life. You haven't thanked God your whole life. You haven't lived for God your whole life. Today we're going to pray a prayer and the greatest miracle ever is going to happen. You're going to pray that prayer with me. And if you mean it and you're sincere and you're humble and you believe that God can forgive your sins, we're going to open our eyes and for the first time you're going to close your eyes and you're going to begin to say, God, I love you. God, I'm sorry. God, forgive me. So let's pray that prayer. It's very simple and it's a miracle. If you mean it, only if you mean it, don't pray it. It's not a magical formula that you can just say unless you mean it. Heavenly Father, if you mean it, say that. All of us together, everybody that knows this life. Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, all my rebellion everything I've done against you. I want to love you. I want to thank you. I want to give my life to you today. Now give me the power to worship you, which is the greatest miracle that you can do today. your name I pray. Amen. Now here's the big step. When that music starts, I need you to close your eyes. And it may be the first time you've ever done it. Nobody's looking. 
Everybody give me your word. You're not looking around. I'm trying to teach people to worship Christ for the first time. Nobody's looking around. If you've said that prayer and you want to be grateful to God, you want to quit forgetting about God, and you want to make God a part of your life, you want to go from being only two kinds of people, godless, meaning they don't have a God, and the godly. Everybody close their eyes. I don't want anybody looking around. We're going to play the music, and I want you to begin. If you meant that prayer, it's going to be very awkward. It's like uh, when a police officer puts that gun in the back of your back and he says, uh, you're under arrest. What do you do? Give up. God's asking you to give up today by the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray, saints. This is the greatest miracle that can happen in a church. It's not the raising up of the sick. It's the raising up of the dead. Raising up that those who had never thanked God to begin to thank Him. So if you meant that prayer as we begin to worship, I want you to just begin to shoot those arms up. Even now, begin to raise them up, saints. Anybody, if it's the first time you've never raised your hands, you've never praised the Lord, say, I give up, Lord. And I remember the first time I did it, I gave up all that pride. I gave up all that uh, toughness, all that people are going to laugh at me. And I just said, I don't care anymore. I'm tired of caring about people. I raised my hands for the first time, and man, God did something to me. Oh, and now every time I walk into the house of God, those hands fly up. Because I know it's because of Him, it's His grace. Oh, church, begin to thank Him. Don't be the proud. Don't be the proud who sits at that big meal and says, I can't thank God. I can't give God glory. Oh, be the one that sits there and says, God, you are great. God, what do I do without you? God, I want to be close to you. God, I don't want to forget you. Oh, raise them up. Raise them up. Raise them up. Oh, God, I love you. Oh, God, forgive me. I've been away long enough, Lord God. Begin to change me. I don't like the person that I am. Oh, I need your divine nature, Lord God. I need you to change me, Lord. Oh, it's not about me anymore. It's about you, Lord. I'm not ashamed. Oh, just jump in. It's like being in a high place. and Sometimes you just got to jump. Sometimes you can't be afraid. You just got to jump in. Say, I'm not going to question. I'm not going to doubt. I'm just going to jump in and trust you, Lord. Praise the Lord. I just want to tell everybody before I close here, uh, my background is not a uh, long line of preachers. My background is boilermakers, fighters, brawlers. They drank, they drugged. I may know that background. You may not be from that background, but that's where I come from, okay? When I came to the Lord, the hardest thing that I ever did in my walk with the Lord was the first time I raised my hands. That was the most difficult thing for me so far as my walk. Because I could not raise my hands. The enemy had told me in a million different ways that I'm not that kind of person. We're not that kind of a family. We're not that kind of a people. And somehow the Spirit of God broke me down. And it was significant. You say, well, it's not that big of a deal. It's not my style. It wasn't mine either something happened to me when I finally gave up my pride. And so here's what I want to tell you. I'm going to keep working on everybody here. Is that okay? Because even though I didn't want somebody to work on me, I did. 
Even though I didn't want somebody to call me out on it, I really did. Even though I said I didn't want to do it, I really did. So because I love you, it's okay if you don't do it. It's okay if you don't do this or that, but I'm going to keep working on you because our job is not to take a bunch of mature people and make them more mature. Our job is to teach one another how to grow in the Lord. My job is to teach somebody who's never worshipped to learn how to begin to worship. My job is to teach somebody who's never read the Bible. We weren't Bible people. To start learning how to know the Lord. So I do it because I love you. And hopefully I really pray. Keep coming back. Let me keep working on you through the Holy Spirit. When we do that, don't be mad at me, please. God has a place for you. God's got mighty things for you. And you know, a lot of you are where I was at. And I'm trying to help you get over that edge. And it's hard. How many know that's hard? How many had a hard time the first time you raised your hands and began to worship? How many are glad for the day that you finally were able to do it? And I'm so glad for that day. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless your people, Lord. Lord, we love you so much, Lord. You've been so good to us. Thank you, Lord God. We won't forget about you, Lord. Oh, bless your people, Lord God. Pour your love on your people, Lord God. Father, everywhere they go, let them pour out your love, Lord. Oh, bless everybody they come into contact with, Lord God. Bless their lives. Bless their walk, Lord God. Oh, yes, Lord. Bless their families, Lord. In your name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Praise the Lord.
and I just want to thank all of you and tell you all how much I love and appreciate each and every one of you. And God bless every one of you. Praise the Lord. Let's pray for her. She's going to be going to another state, staying with her daughter. We know that's scary. And uh, But one thing we know is the Lord says, I will light your path. Your steps are ordered. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, Lord God, we thank you so much for what you mean to our body, Lord. And Father, we know that your hand is upon her, Lord God. Lord, you have uh, pre-ordered her steps. Oh, you said the right the steps of the righteous are ordered by you. And Lord, your hand is upon her, Lord God. Oh, Father, your spirit, Lord God, every little step, Lord God, you will lead. Father, I pray that your spirit would be upon her, overflowing, Lord. Lord, let her let her remain full of your spirit, whether here or away, Lord God. Oh, Father, your hand, let it remain upon her, Lord. Father, I pray that a church, even now, Lord God, Father, you're beginning to call her, Lord God, to a body where she'll be fed, Lord God, she can grow, Lord. Oh, Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that blessing, Lord God. Let the door open. You said when one shuts, Lord God, the other will open, Lord. Lord, we know that your hand is upon her, Lord God. Bless her, Lord. In your name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Praise the Lord.